Chitty chitty bang bang, what we'll do? Live far in a motor car, oh, what a happy time we'll spend. Bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang, our fine four friend and friend. Bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang, our fine Coordinated strike. Welcome to Coordinated Strike, You're the Other Side Podcast. I'm your host, Joe. As always, we have a wonderful show today. We're going to be breaking down the Motor Scout, or as I love to call it, the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. All right, so without further ado, let's go ahead and hear from our sponsors and get into our fine four fendered friends. Spikes, Stu Thompson series, white paint shop, pinstripe pads, rigid power system for maximum performance. The result, a flash of white lightning. A bike so free, it could only be built for you by Huffy and Stu. The two number ones in BMX racing. I'm here for you, 80s kids. It's what I do best. All right, so without further ado, let's go ahead and talk about the King's Empire Motor Scout. This is sort of an underrated unit in a lot of different ways. It is a single wound fire team, 50 millimeter. Uh, it is not a squad. It is not anything. On the back of its car, when it goes to glory, it does have independent, which does not mean anything. It is a holdover from uh, early days of the game. So that's just sort of a typo that continues to be on there, which is kind of neat. So it's cool to have a bit of history on your card. So the Motor Scout itself, let's go run it down. It is two script, so very inexpensive. It is capable of taking an asset. Very, very cool. It is a speed 8, defense 4, willpower 4, armor 7, which is very relevant. Uh, little piece of machinery, so it is very quick. Uh, it is not overly defensive, not overly strong willpower-wise. Good armor. Armor 7 is good. That is... Sort of the start of where the opponent can just kind of randomly miss. Uh, strength 2 shooting kind of keeps it somewhat safe um, because they're going to need a 5+. I mean, it, it's not the most invincible thing in the world, but you get an asset on it, uh, and it starts to be a little more problematic for your opponent to deal with. So let's talk a little bit more about its front card abilities. So non-gloried, this thing has fast and lightweight. Uh, which is when this unit receives a rush order, it gains plus two speed and an inspired token. So this is a very neat ability. When this thing rushes, it gets to go up to speed 10, which means it can rush up to 20 inches, and it gets an inspired token. So it gets additional token generation without having to spend a focused effort order or being inspired by your commander, those types of things to let its stat line kind of overcome its base limitations. So you're going to be utilizing your speed primarily with this unit. It is going to probably be out there to get you objectives, those type of things. It is sort of what you're looking at this unit to do initially, or what you kind of think it does initially. And all of that is fairly true. It is very quick. You can get it rushed. When you rush, you gain that Inspired Token. That Inspired Token lets you do a number of things. One of the things it lets you do is to better utilize cover. And cover is a concept we haven't talked too much about 
on the podcast in terms of the raw things that it does to the game math. So for those that don't know, those that haven't read the rules, what cover does for you, and, and when, when cover occurs, is when the unit that is attacking you has one of its lines of sight, uh, and that's all determined by the attacker's base from a top-down perspective, has one of those lines blocked. Uh, there are several ways this can occur. This can be one of your own uh, fire teams blocking the direct line of sight to the item. It could be terrain. Uh, it could be terrain with the, the blocking characteristic. It could be terrain with the, the covering characteristic where they're able to, or the concealing characteristic where they're able to see through it, but it acts as though the line of sight was blocked. So they're able to see you, they're still able to hit, but it is going to immediately grant you cover. And what cover does is subtract two from the acting value of the opponent. So it basically minuses, minuses two to their acting value when they're attacking you with a ranged attack. That is a missile attack, the one with the little gun symbol on it. So this makes you affect, when you're in cover, you're effectively defense six. It's another way of another way of thinking about it. And then with your inspired token that you got from rushing, provided you rushed yourself over to where you're going to be granted some cover, you can get your number up. You can get your effective value up to eight because you're minusing two from your opponent. You're plusing two to yourself. So it nets you essentially an eight position before any cards are flipped. That's pretty substantial just because of the way that the game math works. In fact, most attack values are under that. Alternately, the following turn, once you've rushed, uh, you can use your machine gun the following turn. And your machine gun is a stat 5 versus defense 14 in terrains, strength 2, uh, and target gains a pin token. So these guys have the same machine gun that the Empire Dragoons have. So it's a little bit weaker strength than your standard attack weapon, but it grants that pin token, and pin tokens can be critical in games uh, because they deny the reinforcement, they help uh, reduce movement, they do a lot of nasty things to help keep damage on your opponent. Pretty good for two points on its own. Additionally, if you can get a mask on it, you get the pedal faster trigger, which is move this fire team up to its speed away from the target. So again, a theme of high mobility with this particular unit. That's all just on the non-gloried side. So you can see some of the tricks that you can already able to start pulling with this. You know, you rush it into position the first turn, get it behind some cover. All of a sudden, you've got an inspired token on you. The next turn, you give it an advance order. It moves up eight. It takes a shot. You use your inspired token. Go up to an acting value of seven. Uh, you do a little damage with your strength two. You put a pin token on the unit. And then, because you had maybe a mask in hand, you're able then to pull back behind that cover, utilize it, or even pull to a position where the opponent has no line of sight on you, and you can kind of yo-yo back and forth uh, to do just a little bit of damage continually to the opponent and put those pin tokens on them, which is not, again, a bad deal for two points. 
in the list. Now, if you're able to get it to glory, the Motor Scout gets even more annoying and even more, even stronger. Uh, it's going to maintain its speed 8 when it's glory. It's going to go up to defense 5, go up to willpower 5, and go up to armor 8. And the armor 8 is the critical piece here, because as we've talked before, how much stronger 8 is than 7 on the bell curve of armor ratio. So what else do you get when you glory? Well, when you glory, you still get your fast and lightweight. So again, if you receive a rush order, you're going to go up plus 2 speed. Again, inspired token. Your machine gun goes up to acting value 6. Uh, maintains its 14 inch range at strength 2. Still going to automatically give out a pin token. And then on a mass trigger, you're going to move this fire team up to its speed away from the target with its pedal faster. Additionally, you're going to gain a new tactical action. My Velociped is a resounding success. You can buy one for only 10 pounds. Summon a motor scout into base contact with this fire team. This fire team flips from glory. So if you're in glory, you can, for flipping out of glory, create a brand new motor scout. You can just summon one to the field, double your efforts for essentially just flipping your glory. That's pretty strong for a unit that your opponent is going to have to put some resources to take to get away. And because of the nature of this unit, it's never going to do a significant amount of damage to the opponent, but it can do a little bit of damage over time. It can do significant things by putting that pin token on it. They can get lucky, pick something off if you set them up properly, and then you can have a second one to do that again. And this can sort of give you a weird attritional advantage in specific matchups. And it forces your opponent to have to think about it and have to deal with it. Because if this little guy glories, it means there could be another bundle of joy on the way. Uh, and that is not something that everyone wants to be able, everyone is able to deal with in a, in a, easy manner. Now uh, this unit I think is very strong into the Hordes matchup. Uh, I have faced them as Abyssinia, and while Abyssinia can, can take them down, uh, it is dictating resources away from the sometimes bigger threats, but the fact that they're throwing pin tokens on you is messing up what is traditionally your better advantage, which is the attritional advantage. It's the same type of deal. In uh, into Jibbering Hordes, it forces Jibbering Hordes to take Welks, which they're likely going to be taking anyway into the King's Empire matchup because of the pin token generation that that faction has in general. And this is too, too script for just another gun that just automatically dumps pin tokens on units. And the pin token cannot be understated as a huge annoyance factor and a huge factor in allowing the King's Empire style of play to work uh, in a significant manner against a lot of different factions. Into Cult, it is an interesting choice. Uh, I think what it lets you do is play some of the scenarios a bit stronger. Uh, on set traps, I think these guys are absolutely fantastic for King's Empire. They help give you some more uh, dimensional play. Uh, supply cash, same deal. I can see utilization in scavenge. I'm not a huge fan of them in uh, 
in pitched assault simply because I don't think they kill enough to warrant be giving up two points to your opponent when they're taken out. So your mileage may vary. Uh, I'd love to hear some other King's Empire players' thoughts on those types of things. Uh, I have seen them used to relatively good effect uh, when my opponent has put them onto the battlefield, and he's played a lot of King's Empire. Uh, but they don't make every list, and I don't think they should make every list every time. That said, there are some spots where I think that they really do shine. And again, around the uh, the set traps strategy, uh, stra uh, operation, I think they offer a lot of dynamic play. Uh, I think they offer some additional dynamic play and supply cache because they can skirt around the enemy flank, come in, start putting the pin tokens on, become very difficult to deal with, force you to have to defend at weird angles. Uh, I recently had it used against me in Scavenge in such a way that it just forced my Mahals to be out of strong, out of good position because he was able to get around to my objective and threaten it and ultimately be able to take it uh, with the unit, and then it was very difficult to dig that unit out. It was like a giant tick that we were dealing with uh, each and every round of the game, and that becomes very annoying and very difficult to deal with over the course of multiple terms, even with its low de it's relatively low defense before it glories, uh, but it does have that relatively high armor. And again, if you can get a asset on it, which isn't totally, which isn't hard, you're just going to probably up the cost of the of the unit itself to three total because it's two and then one for the asset because of the assets you're going to have uh, available to it, uh, which for the most part are going to be uh, either monocle, uh, toughness. Uh, those are ones that, that kind of come to mind immediately. Those are things that you can can kind of think about and, and play around uh, as the King's Empire player when you're building building the list out, and then having to deal with it from an opponent's standpoint. I mean, this thing is very annoying. You're going to probably have to put a squad or two's activation into killing this single fire team that has the potential to be very detrimental to you in the long-term operational game. Uh, for Abyssinia, some of the things that can help against it are taking the Searchlight's uh, prototype asset, uh, using your rockets against it again. It is only defense 4, so if you can see it, utilize some of those high-strength attacks against it to, to neutralize it as best you can. Uh, and if, if it's going to play the cover game, that again, the, uh, the, the uh, Searchlight's uh, allows you to, to ignore the cover and line of sight. You can get at it without um, too much trouble. Again, that strength 2 can be a little more problematic uh, simply because of that, uh, simply if it does have an asset on it. Uh, it is a unit that if you, for, if you have to use melee, at, melee options against it, it becomes much less attractive to try and kill. Uh, for Gibbering Hordes players, Razi help take it out fairly reliably, uh, particularly if they're glory and glory to Razi rushing into it, be fairly strong at taking it out. Again, strength four into the armor seven. 
uh, will likely be able to wipe it even if it does have uh, an asset load on it. Uh, simply because of the way that the uh, the attacks line up to the the attack value lines up to the defensive value. Yeah, that's that's helpful for the Jibbering Hordes player. For Cult, Cult gets interesting. Um, Cult, this can be a very decent unit into it because it's large enough it can stand on top of the marker, the portal markers, and help deny the, the opponent being able to, to place the base contact with them at least with the, the bulk of it, and prevent uh, some of these units from coming in. <sighs> now you can kind of utilize it that way. Uh, it can run around. It has the speed to kind of keep up against the, the cult army. Uh, the pin tokens don't really do a ton in the cult matchup because of all the place effects, but they can mitigate when they're not by... Uh, the markers themselves. So it could be useful that way. And that's, that's some food for thought uh, within the matchup itself. Uh, the fact that they can reproduce, again, very strong with, with their summoning potential, if you can get them into glory, and if you, particularly if you can get them glory multiple times. So some units that pair very well with them, uh, Royal Rifle Corps, Empire Dragoons. Uh, the Dragoons have the hitting power to kind of reduce units. Uh, they also offer additional pin tokens that these guys complement very, very well, and they have the speed to keep up with them and kind of exploit holes. Uh, I like them with uh, Margaret Bell in single commander games. I think they, they provide a nice one-two punch with her. Uh, if you're thinking about playing Charles in one commander games as well, uh, again, these these guys offer that sort of extended reach, the ability to get behind enemy lines. That is so critical in a lot of the operations that Earth Forces just don't typically have outside of these kind of niche pieces that fulfill that role. And to me, the Motor Scout does it exceedingly well. Uh, it really does sort of hamper that line between a, a pure objective runner and something that is a really strong disruptive piece and disruption is sort of an underrated thing in the game currently uh, you can get a lot out of small disruptive units they can go and fulfill these little disruptive roles that can delay your opponent by a turn or a half turn or force an activation to be taken out of sequence because of what the motor scout does or what it has the potential to do and because of that disruptive power, the ability to, to get into your opponent's plan, get into your opponent's head, these guys really do a lot more than their two to three script that you're paying for them sort of dictates. And if you can make a free one, all the more power to you. So you would think that we would have talked about the artillery piece in this particular episode. I want to save the artillery piece, one, to when it's closer to coming out to general release, as the Motor Scout is, is coming before that. But additionally, I think that this unit fulfills more of the role that the for the King's Empire army that the other three Soulstone pieces, or the three script pieces 
that we've talked about so far kind of do, like the Devouring Yale and the Marauder. The Motor Scout is much more in that family of units than, it is, than the artillery piece is, even though the artillery piece is uh, in that three-stone or three-script designation, is um, sort of in that family of units. I think from a, a tactical standpoint and from a like-piece standpoint, the Motor Scout and the Marauder have much more in common than the Marauder and the Artillery piece do. And so that's why I wanted to bring them into this episode as opposed to the Artillery piece, uh, because I think it, it helps steer the, the conversation that we've kind of been having about these units, these single-wound champion-style units that are that are not champions, pardon me. These, these single wound um, units that are about disruption. They have uh, some speed tricks. They have typically some way to make more of themselves or to be more resilient uh, than their script would indicate. Uh, they are built around a disruptive game plan. All of these little nuanced pieces that I want you to kind of think about it and bring into your game uh, as we have been discussing. And then the artillery piece we're going to talk about in a, in a future episode. So I hope you've enjoyed uh, this. We have one more to go where we're going to talk about cinnamon, uh, which is the uh, rhino for, the immolated rhino for the Cult of the Burning Man. But that is going to be in our next episode. I look forward to hearing from you. You can reach me at CheatedFatesJoe on Twitter. And then uh, if you're looking to email me, CheatedFatesJoe at gmail.com. Look forward to hearing from you all. Please enjoy this episode. Please give us a like on your podcatcher of choice, uh, whatever that may be. Uh, always appreciate any reviews, and I thank you for listening to us, and we hope to get you a new episode very, very shortly. Uh, and remember, when you have a tactics token, you can make a coordinated strike. Bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang, our fine for Bandard. Chitty bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang, chitty bang bang, yeah!